everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Spacebar. This is episode 17, Session View versus Arrangement View, and why that's the wrong question. My name is Will Doggett. Thanks so much for joining me here on Behind the Spacebar. Behind the Spacebar is a weekly podcast. comes out every Monday, 10 a.m. Central, for playback techs, musicians, music directors, really anyone performing on stage with Ableton Live. Whether you've been doing it for years, you consider yourself an expert, or you're just getting started, or maybe you're even on the fringes uh, exploring this concept and this idea of using tracks uh, on stage or using Ableton Live on stage. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, this is going to be a fun episode. This is a episode of content that I've talked about. Um, I've been talking about for years. In fact, in fact, I think this question used to be, um, I, I used to have this conversation more often than I do now. Um, and particularly when I was doing a lot of work with churches and worship leaders uh, and people using tracks in a, in a church setting, uh, this question came up quite, quite a bit. Uh, and it's a question of, should you use session view? Should you use arrangement view? Sometimes it would be phrased as uh, a question like, well, which is better, session view or arrangement view? Uh, and I have a couple thoughts up front really quickly um, that are going to kind of uh, run home, drive home the whole point of the subtitle of this episode, which is why that's the wrong question, you know, asking session view versus arrangement view. Um, here we go. So number one, you have to have a good understanding of both views. Um, this is something that I thought I had when I became an Ableton Live certified trainer. I thought I had a good understanding of both views, but I had a bias towards session view and I had a bias towards um, uh, my particular way of using Ableton Live, which was primarily to run tracks on stage with a band. And because I was approaching it with that particular bias, I was leaning towards uh, using session view. Um, and, and that's the, the way I had run tracks. That's the way I believed uh, I had run tracks. But I had never really explored running tracks in a range of view. And as soon as I laid down my pride a little bit, uh, we've talked before, um, particularly on this episode, about the idea of humbly confident, humbly curious. Uh, as soon as I said, well, I'm confident in my approach, but I want to be humbly curious to go, is there a better way to do this? Is there uh, <clears throat> a way that fits better into my process uh, to run tracks? And so when I stepped into that, again, laid down my pride and stepped into that, I went, oh, running tracks in range view actually makes a lot of sense. And it made more sense to me than running tracks in session view. But I, I realized... I need to have a good understanding of both views, and I had it. A good understanding of when to use which view for recording, uh, when to use each view for like a live playback, a live performance type setup and scenario. That all comes down to context. Like context is is the thing for that and answering that question. But you have to have a good understanding of both views. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, some. Uh, rules that I typically have when I uh, have a conversation with folks about this, when I'm training folks about this, or when I'm kind of telling my story. And in fact, I'll link in the description of this video. I did a video um, not too long ago on uh, the YouTube channel from Studio to Stage YouTube channel called Session View versus Arrangement View. Which view is best for backing tracks? I took one particular context and tried to answer the question, which view is best for backing tracks? And I did that because there's a lot of misinformation around that. There's a lot of information that's very one-sided from people that have used uh, tracks in one particular way, and that's their approach. And again, I think maybe a benefit I have that a lot of people don't when it comes to this conversation is I was very diehard session view before I was ever diehard arrangement view for running tracks. Again, it all comes down to context. But let's talk about three things that we have to kind of agree on, three concepts we have to agree on 
before we get into this discussion, okay? Number one, both views are naturally good at certain things. Um, you'll hear me talk about this, but arrangement view is really good at a, a linear playback, right? You drop a track in, you press play, and, and it plays back linearly. Session view is really good at nonlinear playback. You, you know, you don't have a preset arrangement. You just jump around, you loop uh, endless amount of times until you're ready to move on. The second thing that, again, we kind of have to all agree on here if we're going to have this conversation is both views um, are, are less good at certain things than the other. Uh, session view, it's not very easy to do transitions. Now, can you create great transitions? Yes, you can remove stop buttons. Uh, my buddy Derek Cal uh, Cloudcord, um, it was a great YouTube channel. He uses session view for some unique ways to like create loops at the end of a clip that then he can trigger and get to another one. Can you do transitions in session view? 100%. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's not as, as good at, at, at transitions as arrangement view is as good at transitions. Okay. Um, uh, arrangement view is way better at here's here's the paradox of this, and I, I don't want to get too far into the material because I've got quite a few points on each of these that I'm just going to try to hit you with kind of rapid fire here shortly. Um, arrangement view is way better at yes, it's it's linear playback, but it's way better at giving you the ability to have freedom and flexibility. Uh, I can look at a track and I can see where my verse and my chorus and my bridge are, primarily by adding locators to my file. And I can add locators to an entire song in 30 seconds. Whereas session view, I have to take a file, I have to chop it up, I have to put it into individual scenes. Uh, and if you want some visuals to tie into this, again, check out that tutorial that I mentioned before. Um, it's in the the link of uh, in the show notes for this episode. It's called Session View versus Arrangement View, which view is best for backing tracks. Um, uh, Arrangement View, I can, again, have just be linear, and then I can use locators to repeat a section endlessly if I want to, to jump around to a section endlessly. Um, even though Arrangement View is very linear, I can be very non-linear in that view. To do that same thing in session view takes a su substantial amount of work because I can take a, a scene and I could chop it up into various scenes, but then I have to find a way to get it to play linearly, whereas in arrangement view, it just plays linearly by default, right? But here's the thing. Here's the flip side. Third thing we kind of have to understand is both views can be hacked to do the things they're not great at. Yes, session view is not great for transitions. Again, uh, the in, in context, I'm primarily talking about transitioning from one song to the next, um, creating a crossfade between one song and the next. Yes, I can set deck A, deck B, and I can fade there. But I mean like a, a pre-programmed, I want this song to end, I want this song to, to start You know, towards the end of that. Uh, a range of view is perfect for that sort of thing. Session view is not great for that. Again, session view is great for nonlinear performance, like nonlinear live looping performance where I create a drum loop and that plays endlessly, then I bring in another section. Uh, a range of view could be hacked to do that. I could uh, use the IEC driver, which is uh, what I call the most important Ableton Live hack. And I could create little clips and create, you know, basically a locator that's a one looping section. And then when I'm ready to go on the next one, I could turn that off and then jump to my next section, which would loop until I'm ready to move on and then jump to my next one. <coughs> I could 100% hack arrangement view to function a lot like session view. But at that point, you know, at some point it's like, we'll just consider using session view. Now, the final piece of this is um, maybe I'm getting older, maybe I'm getting wiser, maybe I'm getting lazier. I don't know which of those three it is. Um, I, I don't have much patience for, uh, you know, getting in, in arguments with people that, that try to tell me, uh, you know, I tell a story often of my buddy, David, uh, who's a drummer that someone told him on Facebook that he was lazy for running tracks in arrangement view. And I'm like, well, 
first off, anyone that comments argumentatively on Facebook is is not a uh, some would consider is not a intelligent human being. I'm not gonna say I would say that, but I'm just saying some 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 folks have have been known to think these things. Um, but you know, it's like I just don't have patience for that. Like, if that's your perspective, then that's great, man. Like, you run tracks in session view and you do you and you live a long, unhappy life and waste lots of time. And yeah, I'm just picking now, but again, it's like, it ultimately, ultimately doesn't matter. Um, but I, I think it is just important to know both views are naturally better at, at some things than other, uh, other things. Uh, both views are worse at some things than the other view. And, uh, ultimately both views can be hacked to do things they're not naturally great at. So kind of want to consider all those things again, for me, it all comes down to context. It all comes down to understanding stuff. So let's talk about some general principles here. Um, I always say, uh, this episode won't be that long knock on cheap, uh, particle uh, board. We'll see if we hold true to that, but, um, I want to hit you with a couple general principles. Uh, if you got a cup of coffee, uh, now's the time to take a sip of coffee. So I'm drinking a little, uh, my Starbucks, Texas mug here. Take a sip of freshly brewed hot coffee. Oh, yeah, that's good. Feels good on the allergy-ridden vocal cords there. So let's let's hit this. I've broken this up into some general principles, thoughts about session view, some general principles, thoughts about arrangement view. And we'll be out of here, and I don't want to assign a time, because as soon as I assign a time, it'll be at least three times that long. But okay, let's let's hit hit this off. Uh, general principles. Session view is great for nonlinear, um, and let me even uh, caveat that, nonlinear looping performances. So what I mean by that is um, you step on stage, you are not necessarily doing a preset structure. You're just going to step on stage and play a certain progression for an unlimited amount of times until you're ready to move on to the next thing. That's what I mean by live looping. You know, I've got a progression, boom, right? And then it's like, I almost think of a guitar player. Like I'm playing that bass line and then I hit a button. Right. And then that loops. And then on top of that, then you have your acoustic guitar, you play your drum loop thing. And then that loops, right? Once I captured that loop, or maybe it's even a pre-recorded drum loop. This is how, uh, one of the ways I used to run tracks is I would have, uh, the time I sold something called elements and I would have just an element that's like a one, two measure thing. That's just going to loop endlessly. It's maybe a shaker, a tambourine, a washi drum loop, but that's just going to go over and over and over and over again. And then I would just bring different elements in and out based on the song. I did not step on stage and say, for the intro, I want two measures of click. And then I want this to come in. Then I want it to come out, this to come in, that to come out. If you know that already, and you know that structure, to me, session view doesn't make tons of sense in that capacity because that's a linear thing. We've kind of got something figured out, but a nonlinear thing of, hey, we're going to step on stage, we're going to trigger a click track, we're going to bring in this washi drum loop, and then we'll play, we'll do our live looping guitar thing that every solo artist thinks they're really good at, that only a few are good at. Uh, we would do that sort of thing. Uh, session view is really great for those sorts of things. Um, um, it's great for, um, just kind of loops, you know, of, uh, again, not necessarily song structure. It's really great. at just loops. I step on stage, loop of progression, kind of like a jam band style thing almost, you know, like here's, here's progression a, then we go to, to, to B and then C, then we go back to the head and play that part. 
Um, session view is great if you don't need, uh, let's talk about running tracks just for a moment here. Uh, and we'll talk about some principles regarding uh, recording. When it comes to running tracks, session view is great for running tracks if you don't need freedom and flexibility when using tracks. If you just want to drag in stems, um, it, it works pretty well for that. I say great, I would say pretty well. Um, I tell people 99.9% .9 of the time you should be running tracks in arrangement view because it's a very linear thing. Um, uh, but if you don't need freedom and flexibility in using tracks, then yeah, session view is not bad. You just launch a scene, you press play. Uh, if you already get off click, you just kill it and you move on. If you're okay with that, then great, please do that. Um, session view is great if you uh, need to rearrange your song order really easily. And, and, and by that, I mean the order of your songs in your set. If you want to take song three and suddenly make it song one, song four, be song two. Session view is great because you just click on your scene, you drag it up and down kind of as needed. Um, it's it's really good for that. Let's talk about recording, kind of wrap up our session view sec segment here. Um, session view is great for songwriting to quickly capture ideas. Again, um, I've used uh, session view like this just when I'm in an environment, just for me personally, when I'm just trying to capture an idea. Arrangement view feels... When in the context of recording, arrangement view feels a little more permanent to me. Now I can still undo, I can still edit, I can still comp, I can do things that are non-destructive and, and do some good edits. But arrangement view to me feels a little like the final step. Like I'm walking into the studio, there's pressure to nail it, to get it right. And session view is more of like, let me just capture some ideas. It's a notepad. It's a creative notepad for me to creatively capture ideas. I love doing that in session view to where I'll create a track, it'll be my guitar track, and then I'll just capture little bits and little pieces, and then eventually bring that all together into Arrangement View to kind of uh, finalize things, okay? Um, Arrangement View, let's move to Arrangement View. Arrangement View is great for linear performance. What is linear performance? Again, I said this earlier, kind of uh, hinted at this. 99.9% .9 of the time, if you're using tracks on stage, uh, I should just start saying 100% of the time, because I mean, it's like very, very rare that I suggest using Session View for tracks. You should be in arrangement view. And why is that? One, it's it's a linear thing. The the process of stepping on stage, you got two measures of click, then you've got an intro, then a, a, a verse, then a pre-chorus, and a chorus. That's linear. You want to press play and you want that to play through without you having to interact with it, without you having to do math to figure out how to get it to go to the next song section. You just load the stems in and press play and it does that, right? But uh, arrangement view, uh, what we talked about is... Um, uh, our range of view is is better for freedom and flexibility. So earlier I said session view is great if you don't need freedom when using tracks. If you do need freedom when using tracks, you need to use a range of view. Now, um, I'm going to go a little deep into things that you have to, again, one, watch that video. I, I keep mentioning session view versus a range of view to see some uh, visual examples of this. If, if you're driving in your car, listening to this on Apple Podcasts, um, check out the, the link in the show notes to watch that to get some visuals of this, but in session view, yes, you could take your song and you could chop it up and you could get song sections that would give you freedom and flexibility, but you've got to do work to get it to play linearly as opposed to range of view, which is linearly uh, linear, just by default, just in its nature, it's linear. If you want to deviate in a range of view, you click on a locator, you add a locator to your song and you click on it. 
as opposed to chopping up all my stuff and then doing the work to try to get it to play linearly. Arrangement View is just better for that. You can argue with me or you could say, hey, I prefer using Session View. And again, that's fine if you prefer using Session View and you chop up your parts and you have individual song sections, that's perfectly fine. That's what I used to do for years and years and years and years. Again, uh, perfectly fine if you do that. Uh, I'm just telling you Arrangement View is better suited for that type of work than Session View. Okay, hopefully you make makes sense. Uh, Arrange reviews best for tracks. Stop chopping up your songs. That's the note I made. Uh, again, nothing wrong with it, but let's just say it like it is. Arrange review gives you the linear thing and then gives you non-linear performance. You get freedom and flexibility. You have a preset arrangement. Uh, we're going to do two measures. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No need to like manually trigger all that live. Like You're not a better musician because you manually triggered each song section. I've heard people say that. Or just people prefer that. And again, if you prefer that, great. That's fine. If you want to chop things up in session view and trigger them, trigger them. And if you happen to miss a trigger, you don't play that section with, with tracks. That's fine if you're into that. Uh, but in Arrangement View, we have a preset arrangement there. Um, the other thing I love about Arrangement View, particularly for tracks, is um, it allows us to focus on transitions. It allows us to say, here's song one, here's song two. Let's nudge them under each other and create a cross site. Excuse me, I'm going to cough. I shouldn't kill audio that way, but um, that's what happens when you're in the, the middle of allergy season trying to record podcasts is get a lot of coughs. Um, session, uh, arrange it view lets us really dial in transitions. It lets us get transitions um, precise and allows them to be consistent every single time. It allows us to be intentional about transitions and be consistent every time. Two final points here about Arrange Review, and then we're done. Again, I promise this would not be a long episode. Arrange Review um, is, uh, when it comes to recording, Arrange Review is best when you know where you're going. Um, yes, you can comp uh, parts, you can punch in, you can punch out, you can replace parts. But in general, if you know the song structure, you've rehearsed it with the band you're playing with, and you know where you're going, then use Arrangement View. You know, it's great for multi-track recording. It's great for recording your song arrangement and laying that down. And then finally, Arrangement View, uh, I said, let's contrast this to what I said about recording uh, for Session View. Session View is great for capturing ideas. Arrangement View is great for polishing those ideas. So what I mean is Session View, I can sit down, right? I've got a part and then I've got a lead line or whatever. I've captured those parts. Now I start to bring them together. I could literally record those clips from Session View into Arrangement View. But then when I'm at the end, that's when I can get precise in, in editing my audio and, and making precision edits to get things dialed in just right. I can add in audio effects and you can do audio effects, you could do editing and session view. But to me, putting that all on a grid and arrangement view and getting precise and specific with it is where session, uh, arrangement view really, really shines. So I want to remind you uh, in the way we started, um, you have to have a good understanding of both views. Both views are naturally better at some things than the other view. Some view or both views are uh, naturally worse at some things than the other view. And then finally, both views can be hacked to do things they're not great at. I would encourage you to go, what's my primary context I'm working in? Choose the one that's better at that thing. But ultimately, ultimately, again, you can hack it to do whatever and whatever works best for you, man, more power to you, do it. Um, if you are looking uh, to use Ableton Live on stage to run tracks in particular, um, again, a way that's going to not take you tons of time, it's going to be efficient. 
a way that's going to give you the freedom and flexibility to jump around your song section and to, to, to go to a specific part at a specific time. Uh, if you're looking for a way to run tracks in Ableton Live that's stable, as opposed to building a master set with tons of automation to move through clips and get to the point where you can barely function and use your computer or great, uh, create great transitions, um, then you're going to need a format, a process, a template to make that happen. Uh, I want to make this easy for you, though. So I put together my free track template that you can download that's going to get you heading down the right path. Now, if you want more, you want further info, you can become a From Studio Stage student. But I want to encourage you just right now, Download the free track template, start there, check out the free tutorials I have, and I'll email you all of this and walk you through all of it. Um, but to get that, you could head to fromstudiotostage.com slash template to download my free track template. All you have to do is share your name and your email. I'll send that right over uh, and you'll be up and running uh, with using tracks in a way that's efficient, flexible, and stable uh, in no time. Uh, and if you want to continue this conversation about using Ableton Live on stage to run tracks, to uh, create a connected stage experience, to use Ableton Live for keys, whatever it is, uh, then hit subscribe and you'll subscribe to this channel. I would suggest you hit the bell icon so that you're notified and I post a new video every single day. Uh, and so you'll just get a notification. Oh, there's a video. Look at the title, look at the thumbnail. If it sounds intriguing, if it sounds like it makes sense to you, click through and watch it. And if not, ignore it and you can watch the next one tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me for Behind the Space where again, we post new episodes 10 a.m. Central every single week, every single Monday. Uh, and would love to see you back on next week's episode. Uh, next week's gonna be really fun. I'm gonna give some tips and tricks on how to get started as an Ableton Live consultant or trainer. Um, it's a bit of a selfish episode because it's going to try to answer some questions that I answer often. And I can just send people the episode. So selfishly for me, but I think you're going to get a lot out of it. But again, to see that, make sure you hit subscribe, turn on the bell icon. We'll see you on the next one, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. Bye.